I just realized this morning, again, when I was starting to prepare from half past three this morning, that's my time when I wake up. And then I start preparing. And, then, and I just realized this morning that words fall short to describe the greatness of our God. We need to understand that we cannot base our lives on what we see or what we feel or what we experience. We need to base our lives on faith. And that is to believe that God is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. You know what is the, the, the challenge that we as people have is that we hear too much from the outside. And it's, it is bringing a, some sort of damage to what our belief system, honestly. Because the moment that the president's going to speak, not one of us, or I'm hoping or thinking, not one of us is not in front of the telly because we want to hear what he's got to say. And then when one, once he's finished, then we discuss it and we debate it, you know? Not you now, me, me and my wife. So we will say, now why would he close the beach? And why does he do this? And, and then we challenge the things that he said. You know, instead of saying, my God, our God is alive. Jesus rose from the dead three days after he was. What? Crucified. Three days later, he rose from the dead. But we tend to forget that. And when we hear all this negative news, we fill ourselves with it so that it consume our thinking. It consume our, hey, the young man is here. I married them the other week. But uh, the, the, the challenge that we sit with is in our mind there's a struggle with words and the thoughts. But God says in Jeremiah 29, 11, don't worry to bring it up, it's okay. For I have good thoughts about you. Thoughts to give you a hope for the future. You know what? Right now, the world don't have hope. The world, because all they do is trying to find a solution to the COVID-19 epidemic by finding a, um, a vaccine. Man, I don't feel like another injection. But that's what the world is doing. They're running after a vaccine. Instead of saying, God, help us. Come on, let's cry out to the living God because He's the only one that can take you from where you're at to the place that you need to be. He's the only one that turns your situation around. He's the only one that brings your circumstances in line with His Word, which is the truth of God, who He is, our Father, the one who loves us, the one who cares about us, the one who wants the best for us, the one who's, who is the most high above all. You see, the Bible says God is able. That's not His second name. Neither is it His surname. It means that He is able. He's got the capabilities to bring in order, align you with His Word, to bring you to the place where you can see yourselves, experience the truth, because God's Word is surely going to stand. At the end of the day, everything will fade but God's word will remain oh God if that doesn't excite you I think we're in the wrong place holy our God everything will fade but God's word 
will remain. I want to read you a scripture in 2 Timothy. I read it last week as well. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. 2 Timothy verse 4. Ah, chapter 4, verse 7. Sorry. I have fought the good and worthy and noble fight. I have finished the race. Now, I want you to see that. And I said it last week, but I'm going to repeat it again for those of you who were not here. It doesn't say, I won the race. Do you see that? Our minds are set up in such a way that we think that when we run a race, we have to win it. No. That's what, that's what he says there. Look, look, look what it says. I have finished the race. That means I've completed the race. Whether you come first or last or in, the, in between, it doesn't matter. Finish the race. How are you going to do it? By keeping faith. By keeping the faith. Meaning firmly guarding the gospel against error. How do you do that? Very simple. Something that we don't want to do is by reading the word. You see, people, we don't want to read the word. Why? Because we don't have the time. And it's not you now. It's the people watching. And it's not the people watching, it's maybe the people who are supposed to watch. But we don't have the time. That's why the gentleman said to, the, to his wife one day, he says, I wish the Japanese people can make a one-minute noodle because I don't have time for the two-minute noodles. Yeah, that's what he said. He said, because the two-minute noodles is taking too long. I don't have the time. Woo! Where's the time gone to? But guess what? We all still have 24 hours in a day. All of us have 24 hours in a day. Are we exposed to the elements? Are we exposed to the things outside in the world? Yes. But I believe with all my heart, I believe with all my heart and I stand by it, that if you do whatever you can and protect yourself by using wisdom and knowledge and insight, God will surely do His part on, his, on your behalf. He will. But you know what, we, st we, we, we struggle with that because we think that we are immune. Some people even say, man, Jesus can protect me. Yes, he can. You're right. But if you act foolishly, do you hear me, please? If you act foolishly, then you yourself are to blame. You can't now do something and you know it's against the word of God. But then you still believe that God can do it. Yes, He can. He's a miraculous God. And He says in Ephesians that I will do far more above all you can ever think, imagine, or pray. We'll get to that scripture just now. But I want to just really tell you this morning. This morning I want to tell you, when I was in Seattle and studying there with theology years ago in 95 and in 96, this was a song that we used to sing in the church. And that song stuck to me in last week. I couldn't remember the words so clearly because remember now, 95 and 6 is a long time ago. Not for you now, for me. <laughs> yeah, help me. But anyway, but listen to the words. It's just a piece of the chorus that I want to encourage you with this morning. It says, I stand and fight. I keep the faith. I can do it. I can do it. My pace is set. My mission is clear. I can do it. I can do it. 
the most challenging thing for all of us as people of God. Now we're talking about ending or finishing strong in 2020. That's the message that we are preaching for the month of December. Finishing strong. Now we know we've got about a week and some days left, right? Uh, to the end of December. Say two weeks. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. But we need to understand something. That there's no shortcuts with God. I am sorry to disappoint you this morning. There is no shortcuts with God. With God, there's no gray areas. With God, there's no plan B. With God, there is nothing like a white lie. I don't know why they gave lies a color. And white as well. Jesus help us. What about a brown lie? What about a black lie? What about a, a yellow lie? Come on now. Why do you give a lie a color? A lie is a lie. Oh, I told a white lie. And now you feel better about yourself? Jesus help us. There is no such thing. A lie is a lie. And we need to understand it. Are we perfect? No. God never said, I came for the perfect of this world. But I came for those that are lost so that they can become born again like you and I. So that we can serve a living God who is our Father, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. That's who Jesus is. We need to believe that He is our beginning and He is our end. The, our, our whole life depends on who God is and what He can do. It's not depending upon what I earn. It's not depending on the house that I live in. It's, it's depending on who God is. He is the creator. He is my father. He is the beginning and end. He is the first and the last. He is the Alpha and the Omega. His name is above all names. He is the Most High God. He is the light and the lamp unto your feet. Man, come on. That's God. That's who He is. He can't be described even with our language that we have. The Lord knows it. going to try and stick to the word meaning my message and if I don't forgive me but you won't know anyway what's is here <laughs> okay Romans 10 17 please can they bring it up on the screen it's a well-known scripture well-known scripture Romans 10 17 now I want to read this to you and then I want to give you my own version so look what it says it says so faith comes from hearing what is told and what is heard comes by the preaching of the message concerning Christ. I don't know about you, that, that just bowls me out. That bowls me out. Faith comes by hearing what is told and what is heard comes by the preaching of the message concerning Christ. Now that is the Bible's version. I'm going to give you my version. Not to be disrespectful for the sake of illustration, please. Faith comes by hearing and listening to understand the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and listening to understand the Word of God. You can take that scripture off the screen, please. Thank you. Faith comes by hearing 
and listening to understand the Word of God. I want to tell you and myself today and those watching via television and those people at home today watching this broadcast, I want to tell you a truth this, this morning. For many years, I was a facilitator doing training for adults on certain um, training interventions or courses or subjects, whatever you want to call it. And one of the things that I taught was communication skills. Now, I don't know about you, but it's something that a lot of people struggle with. And, you, and the reason is because most of the time, listen carefully, please. Most of the time we hear, but we don't listen. Most of the time we hear, but we don't listen. And why do I say that? If you are a married couple here today, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. Your husband or your wife will listen. Oh, sorry, they will hear you speak, but they won't listen. And then you get into some kind of uh, trouble. Oh, come on, let's go further. Parents who's got children, they hear you speak. And they even say, yes, mommy, yes, daddy. But they didn't listen. Because five minutes later when you go and you will see they do exactly what you told them not to do. What does it show you? They did not listen. They heard you speak. Now I want to go a step further and that skill of listening. So that means when somebody speak, when somebody speak, you hear them and you need to listen to them. But the step further is as follows. You need to attentively listen. Why? Because then you will understand. See, so here it comes, here it comes. You need to listen for understanding. Because sometimes we already made up our minds. I don't know about you, but sometimes in, in a conversation when somebody speaks to you and they're trying to tell you something, guess what we do? We already jump to a conclusion of what their outcomes may be. And so we already, before they even finish the sentence, we already jump in and we started giving them our version. But did you already discover in the past that most of the time you must interpret what they wanted to say because you did not get to the place where you will understand I don't know what that is in English, but that's, you understand. Sometimes I'll try and translate it later. But here's the thing. People don't listen. They hear you speak, but they don't listen to understand what you're trying to say. Because there's always a reason when you explain something to someone. And I like the word which um, the American friend of ours used in the offering and, uh, in Malachi, which says, uh, prove me or test me. Now, all of you know what a test is, right? When you write a test, what do you get? Results. I want to say it again. When you write a test, what do you get? Results. What does God say? Test me. What is he saying? He says, if you do it, test me. That means expect the result. Expect the outcome. Expect the harvest. Expect that from me. Why? Because it's me that's going to open the window of heaven. Man, the heaven is so big. I can't even fathom it. I can't even describe it. I can't even grasp it. Because God is the, is the beginning and the end. Man, he made everything. He's the creator. Oh, yeah, but I just have 10 rand. So what? Give it. 
Yeah, but Lord, is it going to be enough? It's not about the poor woman at the temple when Jesus was standing there. What did he say? That woman gave her all. She put in a little piece of, a little coin, right? What did he say? That woman gave it all. So if you can trust God for a miracle, he will do it. He will do it. Hallelujah. Jesus. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. That'll be my last scripture. Then I'm going to go quickly go in, into the word describing a couple of things and then we're going to go and finish off the service. I'm not going to be long this morning. We'll be here, out by here by 3.30. Tomorrow morning. Anyway. <laughs> Jeepers, you guys are so serious. It looks like we are at the place where we're not allowed to smile or right so chapter 3 verse 20 it's one of our scriptures of this message of, of this preaching message it says now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do it super abundantly more than all that we dare ask or think now it's talking about daring faith do you know what is the biggest challenge that we have we want to quit before we even start we want to quit before we even start. Because you see, you see what? There's something called daring faith. What does daring faith mean? It means go beyond your reasonable understanding. Go beyond your doubt. Go beyond what you grasp. Go beyond what people tell you. Go beyond people's opinions. Go beyond your own opinion. Go beyond what you see. Go beyond what you experience. Go beyond your situation. Go beyond your circumstances. Go beyond, go beyond, go beyond everything that you me and I can see or experience because God is the greater. He is the greatest. He can do it. He's able. He's willing. No, you didn't hear that. He's willing to do it for you. He said, I mean, with no smile. I'm going to say it and then I want you to repeat it. I mean, say, My God is willing to do it for me. Above and beyond. Everything, anything I may ask, pray, or believe even. Hallelujah. Can we give God a praise offering in this place this morning? Now let's read it quickly. It says, now to him who is able to carry out his purpose. Listen to me. His purpose. God's purpose. God has a purpose for you and I. He already planned it. You know what is amazing? Before the foundation of the world. God already had you and I in mind. Ooh, that, that already blows it. Uh, me out of the water. Boom. And I can stop right there. Before the foundation of the world, God already had you or had you and I in mind. To carry out His purpose and do super abundantly. More than all. Now I know that word, I said it last week and I'm going to say it again. That word all, here's a dictionary uh, explanation of the word all. It means, uh, come on, hold on now. All. Yeah. So that word all, do you see that word? More than all. That word all. Hold on, hold on. It means all. But you see, when we walk through this life with the garbage that we have attached ourselves to, 
with the past experiences, all the negative things, people's opinions, we were molded. We were molded. Do you know that this chair comes out of a mold? Do you know that? Those of you who know the plastic, I worked for a plastic company many years ago. And for every item that they make, there's a mold. A mold to pour in plastic, the liquid, and it comes out like this. It comes out in a chair form. That means it was, it was placed or pushed into a mold, the, the, the liquid plastic, and then it, it produces a chair. Now you and I were molded, or we were molded when we were growing up. How? Simple. Through our parents. One, through the school, teachers, through our friends at school. Now I don't know about you, but I didn't have saints at school for friends. In, in actual fact, I think there was a couple of, no, I won't say it. I'm going to use a nicer word. There was a couple of rascals in my school. But you know, we, were, we, we went through a, a stage in our lives. I was molded by my parents, molded by my school, teachers, friends. I was molded when I started working. Then I went to the army. Dear Jesus, help us. There I was molded. And in the beginning, I thought to myself, how can these people be so cruel? That's, not, that's a light word to describe it. I can use other words, but I can't use it now. And it's not swear words, but I don't get to the word cruel. Whereby you don't sleep on your bed because they have inspections at 4 o'clock in the morning. Dear Lord Jesus, I want to sleep at 4 o'clock. I don't want to have an inspection of my bed. Why must I be awake at 4 and you don't sleep on your bed. You sleep under the bed. Why? Because you don't dare sleep on your bed. Because by the time they have an inspection, your bed needs to be permanent proper for inspection. So you take your shoe brush and you take shaving cream and you will spray it on the edge of the bed. Down that side, on the bottom and up that side. Spray all the shaving cream. And then you take your shoe brush and you take your, I'm going to try and explain it. You take your shoe brush and the iron. So you hold your shoe brush and you take your iron and you iron it. There will be an edge, sharp as a knife, almost, your blanket. And the blankets always had stripes. Dear Lord Jesus, I don't know why, because the army officers have stripes. Now the blanket also have to have stripes. What is that comparison? Nothing. But now they come and they take a, a ruler and they will measure those stripes must be equal. And it must be centered. And it must be proper. And you think to yourself, what has it got to do with me becoming a soldier? Nothing. And then they have this, this nice, the nice thank you, genie in a bottle. Um, then they have this, this way of doing the following. So at 4 o'clock, they chase us all out of the bungalows. And then they would come and take the fire buckets in front of the bungalows, one with sand and two with water. And they throw the sand on the floor, which we just polished almost the whole night with a blanket because those years we're not allowed to have polishers in the bungalows. And then they would throw the water after it. So it was a muddy pool, slap up place. And then they have the audacity to tell us, you've got half an hour, then the captain is going to come and do an inspection. Lord Jesus, in half an hour, 
man, we work like ants to get it right. Why am I telling you this? Very simple. God is able to do something immediately, right now in your life. And He wants to. But sometimes we don't allow Him to be God. Because the way we think is not the way God wants to do certain things. Like He explained to us about the house. I told you the story, but I want to continue with it last week, whereby in August we received letters to say we're taking a 7% pay cut. And I thought to myself, the first thing I'm saying to you, the first thing that came to my mind is I'm going to have to pay less on my bills, including my tithes. Of course, it's only logic, right? Right? It's only logic, 7% cut. I need to cut everything with 7%. But I said, I declare, I proclaim, I spoke the word, and I said, God, you are more than enough. God, you are more than enough. And I continued to pay my tithe on my original portion of salary. And since that day, which is the 1st of September, up until today, I've received more than what I would have gotten when about my real salary. More, more, more. Why am I telling you this? Because you can't limit God, man. Come on. Why do we praise God in a box? God cannot be contained because He's the most high. His ways is higher than our ways. His thoughts is not our thoughts. Man, come on. Why do we judge things around us and think that God don't see it? God don't do it. God is able to do far more abundantly above. All we can ever think, imagine, or pray. That's the God that we serve. But yet, we want to limit God with our thinking. We want to limit God with the way we see things. We want to limit God by the way we think He's supposed to do the things that we want Him to do. For the first two months, September and October, our company applied for TERS, that UIF money, to, to pay the shortfall for us. And even with that, I paid more than my salary. So the, the TERS or the UIF money that I received through the TERS company, through my company, the application was even more than what my salary originally was. And then last month, they stopped it, as you remember, November. They stopped it. And the first thought, you know, and I know you don't think this, so it's okay, you can look at me, I'll be the example today. The first thing that came to my mind, I thought to myself, Woo, how am I going to make it? How am I going to make it? So now there's no thirst money because remember now, when my salary was cut and the thirst money came, it balanced it out even more than what I should have gotten. And now all of a sudden they cut it. And I'm thinking to myself, how am I going to make it? But God, say, but God. Say it again, but God. Say, my God can supply all my needs through the riches of His Son, Christ Jesus. And you know what happened? Then God used other ways to bless me. And then again, I got much more than my original salary. And so this month, I know it's still early in December, but our company paid our salaries already in on Saturday, yesterday. 
And uh, when I got my salary, I saw there was a mistake. I almost got 2,000 rand more on my salary this month than, than my original salary. And first I thought, you know, because remember now, you, got, you get excited for it, right? And like they said with the keys, somebody's going to come and fetch the keys. So, so here I am. Listen, listen. I'm excited. I got 2,000 rand more. Woo, Jesus. And then I thought, Ooh, what if they made a mistake and I have to pay it back next month? Come on. It's not you. It's me. Right? And then I realized, hey, no, that's God. That's God. That's God. Can we give him another praise offering in this place? That's God. Listen, never underestimate God. I want to tell you this morning as a people of God, as children of the living God, never, never, ever underestimate God because God is able to do far more for you, exceedingly for you, above for you than you can ever ask, imagine, or pray. So let's quickly go through that scripture because that's what it says. He says, now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly. Now, I don't know about you. If it says abundantly, it means nice and whoo, do abundantly. Here it comes and it says, super. It's almost like a super tube. No, super abundantly. More than all we, that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes or dreams, according to his power that is worketh in us. Can we go to the next part, please, of that scripture? To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Forever and ever. Oh, I tell you what, that scripture is just a blessing to me. So let's quickly go and then I will be finished. We're talking about the daring faith. So I want to just quickly touch on the word daring. So we look at the, word, at the letter D. I'm going to try and finish it in the next seven, eight minutes. And then we're going to pray for people here this morning. So daring means, if you go look in the dictionary, it means to be bold, courageous, or fearless. Now, all three of those words are easy to say, but it's not so easy to live by it. Lord, they're looking to me like an old cow to a new gate now. To be daring in your faith means to be bold, to be courageous and to be fearless. But the moment that you hear these negative messages flying around over the news, what do you do? You fear. Come on, you fear. Why? Because you're a human being. Come on. But God says, I didn't give you, Second Timothy, I didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Come on, people. You know what? We need to pray. Listen, 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 listen to me. Hear my heart this morning. This is the time. This is the time that we have to declare, speak, preach, pray the word like never, ever, ever before. This is the time where you need to recall scripture, where you need to recall God's word to the front, to the atmosphere where you're at, so that the word of God will go and, 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 and do what it's sent for and not return void. That's what the scripture says in Isaiah. You, when you speak God's word, it will go forth to accomplish that for which God sends it, and it will not return void. That means it will not come back to you empty. Oh, God. Father, I want to apologize this morning for myself not being faithful 
in believing your word for what it says, the true word of God. I want to apologize. I want to say, God, forgive me for trusting sometimes in my own plans whereby you already produced your plan and a harvest. Father, forgive me this morning for allowing my mind to play games with me and that stand by faith to believe who you are and what you can do. Father, I want you to forgive me this morning. Please, Lord. Because sometimes, Lord, I, I look unto my circumstances and I have doubt that you are not big enough or able to do something miraculous for me. But God, you created me in your image and in your likeness. And therefore, you made me able because you say, greater is he that is in you than he that lives in the world. And that means, therefore, I can trust you. I can rely on you. I can have faith in you. So let's go with the word daring, D. Don't wait for everything to be okay. Listen, listen. Don't wait for everything to be okay to jump in and do it. Do it now. Tomorrow may be too late. Do you know that? Tomorrow may be too late. We always, I've always, when I was ministering to friends and colleagues about Jesus, they always used to say to me, but I'm not ready right now. I'm not right to accept Jesus right now. And then I'm asking them why. He says, well, my life is too full of sin. And, uh, and I, I, can't, I can't accept Jesus now. And then I say, you know what? You will never be ready. <laughs> you will never, we are human beings. You will never be ready. You will never be ready. You will never be perfect or right to be, to be able to accept. Jesus came. He came for the sinners. He came for the ones that are lost. He came for the ones that are busy dying without the living God. He came for us. Listen, grab a hold of a salvation word this morning. Jesus came for us because we were lost. We were sinners. We were busy dying. We were sick. He came to pay the price in full for us. That we can spend eternity with Him. The Son of the living God. The Holy Spirit. And our Father, the Most High. What an awesome, what an awesome way to have the knowledge, the insight, and peace in our hearts about that thought that Jesus paid it already for you and me. We can't work for it. We can't pay for it. We can't do for it anything. We can't fast for it. We can't pray for it. We must pray. Please pray. Please. Please pray. But you can't pray yourself into heaven. There's an intimacy that you must have with the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ, guided by the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus came for the lost, the dying, the sick. Therefore, you will never be right. Do you hear me? We will never be right. And you know what? The, 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 the most awesome thing is about God is He made a way for eternity for you and I. And the awesomeness about it is, even now when we mess up, the price has already been paid. <laughs> 
it just caused you and I to say the following, Lord, simple now, I messed up, forgive me. And then, you go on, oh, I'm on my way to heaven, I'm on my way to heaven, I'm on my way to woo, woo, heaven, heaven. Come on, you think I haven't got the moves, come on now. But you know, that is the thing. That's the thing that we need to understand. The price was paid in full. In full. Full means, uh, yes, the, yes, the revelation. It means full. Almost like my stomach. Full. Yeah. But he paid the price in full. Don't wait. Don't postpone. That's what we all do. We postpone. We postpone things. Oh God, not you, me. If somebody says, can you do it for me tomorrow morning? I say yes. And then the morning you wake up, I'm like, why did I say yes, Lord? Oh, I shouldn't have said it. No, it's not you, it's the people that's not watching, the other people that's supposed to watch. But that's what we do. Don't postpone. Right now, it's as good as ever. Right now, it's as good as ever. There's a song that this church has uh, wrote and it said, I was born for a time such as this. Isn't it awesome? Can, can I tell you what? And, I, and, I, and this is not you now, but me. Me, look at me. I sometimes desire or wish, what would, it, what would it have been like to be living in the time of Paul? You know? Because Paul was, well, for me, for me, he was amazing. I mean, that guy, wow, man, wow, is the word I describe him, wow. What would have it been like to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? Come on now. But Judas, man, Judas was one. And you know what? Not you now, not you, me, me. And I'm thinking to myself, Judas, you rascal, why did you do that? Why did you sell Jesus for a couple of pieces of money, coins, a couple of 50 cent pieces? Yeah, help me. Can't even buy chappies. The point what I'm trying to say is, we, we, okay, not you, me, judge them, him. Judas, how can you do this? What went wrong with you, man? Come on. You were walking the walk with Jesus. He was showing you the way. He was your leader. He was the... He was the what? An example all the time. But yet, money got a hold of you. Money got a hold of you. You see, that's why God says in the word, he says, you cannot serve money and me. Why? Because that's exactly that. Now, all of us, come on, let's be honest. Don't put your hands up. Put your hands up. No, don't put your hands up. But all of us want to have a lot of money. Because we've got all of these ideas in our minds. If I have a lot of money, ooh, I will do what? Buy a, this and I'll buy that and I'll do this. And, and, and always, and please, please, do not get offended now. But a lot of times we say, oh, we will give the church a lot of money. And then you get that lots of money from an inheritance or something. And then you look like that black curtain hanging on the side. Why? Because all of a sudden you are blending in and you there's no... Come on, people. You say, but if God gives me a lot of money, He will. He can and He will. But what are you doing with the money that you have? 
You see, we don't want to hear this. Come on. No, but you know what? I'm waiting for God to give me a lot of money. But it's okay. What are you doing with the money that you have right now? Are you paying your tithes? Now, please don't get offended. I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to the people that's not viewing this message. Don't get offended. Come on. Are you paying your tithe? No. Well, but you expect God to move on your behalf. Are you giving offerings? Well, not really. Oh, well, no. And now, how do you expect God to do something for you? Because you see, there's, there's a couple of scriptures that we want to look past, right? We don't, wanna, we don't want to say it out loud. What you sow? Ooh. Ooh. What does the farmer do now? He plants corn, seed, and then he tells his son and his wife, listen, next year we're going to have apple trees full of apples. No. The farmer knows the principle of the seed. Why don't we? I know you don't want to hear this, but it's okay. We don't want to listen to the word. We want to hear the word. But when the word speaks to our hearts, we don't want to listen. Well, that message was not really for me. It was for my auntie Getreida there in Gauteng by Pitson of Water. It wasn't for me. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm the good Christian, right? I'm the good, you see? I'm a good Christian. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to let auntie Getreida log into lovedal.com. Yeah. Inindaba. Lovedal.com. Yeah. And then they can, she can hear the word. It's for her. And she must also listen. But I'm sitting with the seed in my pocket. But I don't want to take it out. No. Because from here, I need to go to McDonald's. McDonald's. I need McDonald's. Right? And a strawberry milkshake for my child. But I'm going to take the half because it never finishes his. Because I ordered the double thick. Yeah, no house. They're telling you. That's the way we want to live. But you see, there's a principle in the Word of God. God's Word is full of promises. And all promises of God's Word is yes and amen. What does amen mean? So be it. So that's what it is. But we don't want to listen to that. What you sow is what you reap. What you sow is what you reap. But you know what, God? Huh? I don't understand, God, if this is possible. But that's what he does. Right, I'm just going to read the words and then you must but just write it down. So the D for daring faith. Don't wait for everything to be okay. Don't wait for tomorrow. Today is the day. I was born for a time such as this. To make a difference and to be different. A, agree and accept the word as the ultimate plan and purpose from God. After all, it is the word of the Most High. The everlasting God, the one whose promises is yes and, all, and amen, all of them, are release the word over your life and your family. Speak it, declare it, proclaim it continuously. See, what we want to do is we want to interfere with the word of God. Why? Because sometimes we think, and it's not you, it's not you, sometimes we think that we can do it better than God. Because we also have ability and strength and power that comes from God in the first place. But we're trying to do it my own way, like Frank Sinatra. I'll do it my way. 
People, release the word of God over your life. Why? Because God says in Isaiah, when, I, when you speak the word, it will go and accomplish that for which you speak it, and it will not return to you void. So speak the word. Every day when you wake up and you say, God, I thank you for a new day. I thank you for my family, for my wife, for my husband, for my kids. God, today I thank you, Father, that you are in control. It doesn't matter what I see. It doesn't matter what I experience. It doesn't matter my situation that I'm in, my circumstances that I'm caught up with. But God, you are the one that is the most high. You are my beginning and you are my end. You are Jehovah, um, Jehovah. Um, Jaira, the God who provides. Today you provide my meals for me. Today you provide this for me. Today you will provide that for me. Whatever your needs may be, God will come and provide it. But you know what? We don't take God on His word. We don't do it anymore because I don't have time. Two-minute noodles, no time. One-minute noodle, no time, Lord. Maybe a 50, 50 seconds noodles. What about that one? Jesus, help us. Release the word over your life and your family. I don't interfere the, with the word by doing it your way, but follow its instructions. God gave us instructions through his word. It will surely guide you through all that you may face. After all, he is our shepherd. Psalm 23, God is my shepherd. I shall not want. Can we just put up Psalm 23? Sorry, I did not, I did not put that in the scripture uh, line. But Psalm 23, please, if you can, from the Amplified Bible, look at this one. You know the scripture. A Psalm of David, the Lord is my shepherd to feed me, to guide me, to shield me. I shall not want. And then there's another verse or another translation that says, God will always be there for me to help me. And there's another translation that says, God will give me and meet my needs. And we don't understand that. And then in, never give up on God. Listen, don't worry about the little one. I married with the little one standing next to his dad. It's okay. But he still said, I do. I said, I do what? I do look for, no, he was looking for a good wife and he got one. So, the end stands for never give up. Never give up. People, the first thing that we want to do, especially this time of the year, after a long year of um, um, isolation and a long year of being um, isolated and, and hocked in or blocked in or put into your room where, or your house where you need to stay, you, we feel like we want to, I just want to get out of, I just want to, I just, I, I just need to get out here, Lord. That's how we feel. So now you guess what comes. We feel like it's getting too much. It's getting too much. I feel like quitting. I feel like giving up. But don't give up. Never give up. God did not create quitters. Woo! Man, I'm so excited about that because that makes me part God's children who are overcomers more than conquerors. 
That's who God made you to be. Do you feel like it? No. But you can't base your life on feelings. You have to base it on faith. Now, faith is the substance of the things hoped for, the evidence of the things not seen. Come on. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And then the last one, G. God alone is truly our source. God alone. God alone. Not your paycheck. You know what is awesome or amazing. Or what, I don't know how to explain this, but I'm going to tell you what I, want, what I mean. While we are having a 7% pay cut up until next year, March, a week ago the company paid us a bonus. Now normally every year we get a 45% bonus of our salary. This year we got an 80% bonus. Now I'm thinking to myself, I'm thinking to myself, now not you, now me. I'm thinking, God, how is this possible? We are on a 7% pay cut, but we get an 80% bonus. Now the Lord knows. I don't know. I don't. But I've taken it. Woo. Come on. I've taken it. I've taken it. You see, God can use avenues and ways that's far above and beyond our ways. God can do it. God can do it. Last one is G. I've said it. His word is our living water. It brings forth life. He is our provider. He's our strength. He's our rock. He's our strong tower. But most of all, and the most awesome about God is, listen, here it is. He's our father. You know, I... I don't disrespect all the other names of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? But I do acknowledge my Father is God. Oh, man, I tell you what, He will never leave you, nor forsake you. It will feel like you are let down. Sometimes you are disappointed. Sometimes you will feel that you cannot continue. But God will come through for you in the times that you least expect it. You will walk into a house thinking that this is what you're supposed to get. But God has got a different plan, a different method, a different way of doing things. His ways is not our ways. Come on, people. You cannot compare God. You can't put Him in a box. You can't limit Him. God is almighty. He is the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. He is the most high God. He is the creator of the universe. He holds everything in His hand. He's the one who protects you. He's the one who will give you whatever your needs may be. He's the one that will come through for you. He's the one that will break forth and break through for you. He's the one that will bring you the release. He's the one that will establish the breakthrough. He's the one that will come and take you by your hand and lead you through the darkest moments of life to bring you to the light that's everlasting, that will shine because that's His Word. His Word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Therefore, you cannot... Uh, um, Walk in, on a path of, of, of darkness, but you walk on a path of light because the Word of God is a light for your feet. Therefore, you will not stumble if you hold on to His Word. If you speak His Word, if you declare His Word, His Word will surely open a door for you. It will surely make a way for you. His Word will comfort you. His Word will embrace you. His Word will uplift you. His Word will saturate you. His Word will speak to you. His word, His word, His word, His word, His word, His word, His word. 
his word. Oh God, your word, Father, today is what we depend on with our whole lives. Your word, Lord, we cry out this morning. Your word, Father, is the highest authority for our lives. Your word, your word, your word. We cannot even stand. We cannot even walk. We cannot even talk. We can't even breathe without your words because these dry bones, when we speak to these dry bones, God, your word will water these dry bones to come to life, to be alive again, to be alive for your word, to be alive for your ways, to be alive for who you are, to be alive, God, that your word will come and align us with that plan and purpose that you have already established before the foundation of the earth. Father, this morning, I want to pray. Can we stand, please? Can we stand in this, in the presence of the living God? Can we please stand? Please. Father, this morning, I just come and I I place these people on your altar this morning with their families, their friends, with their with everything that they have, God, we, we come and we release it onto your altar this morning. And we say, Jesus, 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 you were crucified, but God, whoo, the resurrection life of Jesus Christ, after three days, you rose, you rose and live forevermore, sitting at the right hand of the Father to intercede for us, your children. This morning, God, we just want to say thank you. I want to pray for every family member here representing the family, their children, their husbands, their wives, those of you, the people that are here that doesn't have them with their family members here present with them. I ask God that you will just come and do a miracle because you are able. Your God, you are able. And this morning I pray, Lord, show up and show yourself strong on behalf of the people here present. And those watching via television, God, I pray right now and I ask you to touch their lives. Father, the people that are sick, I pray for healing right now. I pray, God, touch those people that are sick. Touch those people that need healing. Touch those people, God, by the stripes of Jesus. We are healed, and I speak healing over the people here in this congregation, and also those watching over the, over the television right now, or over the YouTube, or over lovedal.com. I pray for healing, God, your healing power to flow. Touch the people. God, there's people that's down and out with finances. This morning, God, they're standing here, and they, they don't know what they're going to do. They don't even have money for their next bread. Lord, I pray like you send a raven to the prophet to bring him food to eat in the desert. I pray right now, Lord, that you will send somebody with food for that specific person to eat and uh, have a meal in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray 
for every person watching and for every person in this place that we are going to decree and to declare the following and this is it say after me Father today is my turnaround today is my turnaround Lord oh God Father we thank you and Father those people that are are struggling with fear at the moment maybe because of family members that has passed away or friends or colleagues close to them I pray Lord right now you did not give us a spirit of fear 2 Timothy 1.7 but you gave us a, a spirit with a sound mind love and power I pray God I come against the spirit of fear this morning Lord, we will not be afraid, but we will trust in our God. We will not trust in chariots and horses, but we will trust in the name of our Lord. Can we sing that song that we ended off the service before the, before the sermon, start, sermon started? Can we sing that song again, please? Thank you. Can we just sing the song and then we're going to finish the service? Is that okay? I'm sorry I went over time. I see now, but it's long before our pastor is, so don't worry. <laughs> okay. Hallelujah. Can I ask us to sing that song? Thank you. I don't know how it starts. You know, you carry on. Peace, Thank you. Bring it all to peace. The storm surrounding me. Let it break. At your name still. You call the sea to still. The raging me to still. Everywhere at your name, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. Come on, the Lord silence your fear Jesus, this morning in this place. Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. That name, Jesus, that name. Jesus, that name, Jesus. Jesus. Breathe. You call these bones to live. And call these lungs to sing once again. Have your praise. Breathe. You call these bones to live. Come on, call these you lungs call to these sing. Call these lungs to sing once, once again. again. Once again, we will praise Him. We will praise Him. I will praise There you go. Jesus. 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 Oh. You make the darkness tremble. Jesus. Jesus. You silence fear. You silence fear. Jesus. Jesus. You make the darkness tremble. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. 
know what? Sometimes, I don't know about you, but there comes times when you feel so uh, challenged. Can I use that word? You feel so challenged that you do not even know what to pray. But this morning I want to ask you, when you come to that stage in your life, just call on that name. <laughs> just call on that name. Sometimes I drive in my car and I just say, Jesus. Just say, Jesus. Because you see, the Bible says that is the name above all names. Jesus. 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 Father, I want to pray for the people. And I want to ask you, Lord, right now, that you will just give them wisdom, knowledge, and insight. And a desire and a hunger for your word like never before. Not only to read your word, but to listen. Do not only hear your word, but to listen with understanding. To pray like never before. God, we are in a time where we need you to do far more above all we can ever think, imagine, or pray. Because God, you are the one that is able. And everybody says, Amen.